Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Recent data from Where2Go, a UPS company, found that 89% of consumers are comparison shopping on two or more marketplaces before they make a purchase. The same research found that 89% of consumers would consider purchasing through an online marketplace they have not previously shopped on in the next year. To me, this means three things. One, that competition is steeper than ever. Two, that there is dwindling loyalty in the online marketplaces. And three, there's opportunity for new or competitor entrants in online marketplaces if they're able to create the right type of end-to-end customer experience. Today, we're going to talk about all three of these aspects, and I'm thrilled to have a guest today with extensive experience in both his time as an executive at companies like eBay, as well as his current position at where to go a UPS company. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Steve Denton, CEO at where to go Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Greg. I'm excited to be here and, and excited to cover these topics with you today. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so why don't we start with you giving a little background on yourself? I know I briefly mentioned a, a couple things, but you know, give a little background on yourself as well as a little bit about where to go and, and what it what makes it unique. Sure. Yeah, happy to. So, look, I'm old, so short one on me is tough, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no. I've been the CEO here of Where to Go for the last almost four years now, and uh, it's been fantastic to transform the supply chain logistics uh, space uh, of commerce. Prior to that, I spent 20 years in digital. So um, you mentioned I was at eBay. I was at a company called GSI that we sold to eBay. So I ran eBay marketing solutions for some time there. And then early days, I was with a company called uh, LinkShare that we actually ended up selling to Rakuten. So spent really 20 years in digital marketing, digital advertising, agency space. And then early on, uh, believe it or not, I was at FedEx and I started my career at Pepsi. So just a really interesting journey of great folks and um, and, and a good uh, wide lens of supply chain and commerce. And that's what I get excited about the work we do at where to go because I kind of see how they both come together. Real quick, where to go, uh, you know, we are a UPS company. Think about us 
pretty simple. Like we simplify the supply chain for merchants of all sizes. And when I talk about simplifying the supply chain, it's really important because it's complex. So we are a technology first company. We've integrated uh, one common technology platform to any sales channel uh, that a merchant wants to do business in with. And then we connect that to this flexible nationwide warehouse network of providers um, all on one platform. So this ecosystem of partners enable the merchants to be able to do two-day delivery within uh, the UPS trademark shipping reliability, but also at the same time, use it on a pay-as-you-go basis, kind of like Uber or Airbnb. Pay for what you use, and um, it allows you to flex up or flex down based on uh, your needs. And then the last part about it that I get really excited about is just the work we're doing around machine learning and data science. So helping merchants gain operational efficiency, grow their margins, meet sustainability goals, and and getting that dialed in with forecasting and demand planning is just a really critical aspect of what we're doing and excited about it. And, and that's a little bit about us and what makes us different. Wonderful. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive in here. So I, I mentioned three points I wanted to discuss in the intro based on where to go's 2023 e-commerce marketplace report. So Let's tackle these one at a time, and um, you know we might find some overlapping points and ideas. But let's let's start with the idea of competition amongst e-commerce marketplaces is fiercer than ever. So you know competition is good, right? <laughs> um, but you know where are you seeing the biggest points of competition, and is this a good thing or a bad thing for customers? Yeah, sure. So look, I think competition is always good for consumers. Right. It, it drives brands to, 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 to create experiences that, that customers love. Right. It, it drives brands to create uh, more of these experiences that, that for their consumers if they want to stay ahead. And, you know, an example of that is like a few years ago, right? The big area of competition was delivery speed. Right. It, it, we were all driven by this prime like one to two day delivery anywhere in the country on ground. Yeah. And that, that kind of drove everything. Right. And then, People got in line with that, but now, you know, you, you roll the clock forward. What was special five years ago or six years ago, that's table stakes now, right? Speed is table stakes. And what consumers want as much as they want speed is certainty and optionality in that shopping experience. And that extends all the way to delivery. And that's what we see right now where, you know, it's interesting statistic, 90% of the consumers would forego a one to two day delivery under certain circumstances, if they could get other options like free shipping or in-store pickup or the ability to schedule delivery at a certain time. So I think, you know, when, when you look and hear at points of competition and, 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 and it being a good thing for consumers, I think above all else, these consumers are really looking for certainty where 93% of them are reporting they'll wait a little longer to receive something if they know it will arrive on the promised delivery day. So speeds table stakes, certainty and optionality oh and it better be carbon neutral right are right? <laughs> like that that's how you differentiate and those are the biggest points of competition that you see outside of you know inventory of goods selection things like that yeah yeah and so that's from the from the customer perspective from from the brand perspective you know these these brands competing is this competition good for them in the long run you know are there are the gaps between let's say the leaders is, and the laggards in online marketplaces, is it growing or shrinking? And you know where are the biggest gaps currently? 
Well, look, there's competition's going to be there whether they like it or not. So, right. Right. Um, so you need to embrace it and, 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 and create those unfair competitive advantages. Like I think, I think competition is weeding out some of the smaller drop shippers and maybe some of the white label brands right now because of just you know, what you see going on. But there's certainly a place for that. But I think the brands that succeed have more options when they get to the top, right? Like, so if they're performing well on say third-party marketplaces, they then could have the option to transition to like first-party selling, or if they're an aggregator being acquired, right? You see, we see a ton of that in space these days, but I think the leaders that are diversifying their channel mix are, are really doing two things well. One, they're they're in the right place at the right time when a consumer is ready to purchase, which means they're they're being channel agnostic with a personalized approach and they're meeting the consumer where the consumer wants to be met. And then the other thing they're doing is they're leaning in on higher margin channels, right? You've got some channels that are really good for moving low margin product. You've got other channels that are really good at moving higher margin product and be able to fetch that inventory and, and have the right approach by channel is what's differentiating the folks that are winning in the space versus the folks that are a little bit behind. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what are the smart brands doing then to close some of these gaps? So I think I see three things, Greg, that, that smart brands do that are pretty consistent. One, they're prioritizing this, this concept of flexible resiliency and, um, and they know what that looks like. The second one is they're, they're reallocating their inventory to feed their most profitable sales channels. And then the last thing they're doing is they're connecting their fulfillment data to their marketing data and given access to their fulfillment data to their agencies. So their agencies can better plan which channels and geographies they might want to double down on with some of their marketing tactics and some of the things they're doing there. So those are the three things that I see smart brands are doing to close up some of these gaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So amidst this fierce competition from the, the brand side and the, and the marketplace side, uh, it, consumer loyalty also it seems to be on the decline. So as I mentioned in the intro, nearly nine out of 10 consumers would be willing to buy through an online marketplace that they haven't shopped on in the last 12 months. So there's a willingness to try new things as well as a lack of loyalty. What do you think is driving this decline of loyalty? You know, I don't know if it's a decline in loyalty, Greg, is as much as optionality, but it's certainly a trend that we saw during COVID. I remember uh, we ran a, a research report in the height of COVID where 58% of the consumers reported that they had bought from a merchant they had never bought from before in the previous six months. So that was a lot of first bites of the apple yeah. for, for a lot of merchants um, because you had new consumers coming online, different demographics. And the other interesting thing was we were buying different things, right? All of a sudden right. we were buying things online that we typically weren't buying online before. Uh, you really saw CPG take off as a category during the height of COVID. So yeah. I, I think when you think about that, a couple things. One is, you know, marketplaces have really become the new marketing muscle for merchants. And I, I just don't think, it's almost like the new search engine. Like you can't ignore the search engine, the product discovery, and the content generating power that these marketplaces hold for a business. I think they can be maximized through strategic inventory management. Like, like we talked a little bit about folding some SKUs for your website versus a marketplace and tactics like, you know, ring fencing or quarantining inventory and staying on top of a lot of these complex requirements that these marketplaces have around shipping speed, label requirements, 
you know, the reporting and data visibility. But I think it ultimately comes down to like multiple marketplaces equal more exposure. And this is a, a tall ask for merchants. You know, companies like ours and other organizations can make that easier for them. So, yeah. you know, from Macy's to Target to Amazon, all these marketplaces have incredibly specific fulfillment and shipment rules that are really hard to follow. And I think merchants struggle to balance inventory across these multiple marketplaces and they may be sold out on one channel and flush with inventory on another. So, you know, maybe just to dig in a little bit on that decline in loyalty, I think ease of use is, is spurring some of that. I mean, we talked a little bit about marketplaces becoming the search engine for commerce and like these consumers, they jump between marketplaces to find the best deals. And you kind of saw that with coupon sites years ago, right? Or comparing reviews. Yeah. I think they've got all the information they need for comparison shopping right at their fingertips. And in this current economic climate, they're shopping for deals, but sometimes they're shopping for things they need right now. And merchants have to be on the channels where the consumers are shopping. And like I said in the beginning, they, they want the optionality at checkout and delivery, they want to be met where they want to be met. If you're not there, I think you're going to miss out on that first bite of the apple. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like you have to be there because that's where they are and the data will show that's, that's where they're shopping. So I don't know if it's lack of loyalty or decline. I think it's just optionality and ease of use. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts. We've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and in industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. So then what's the... What's the opportunity here for, you know, the newer, smaller, or maybe just different retailers, you know, today there's, there is the, the optionality as, as he said, you know, to, but, you know, do they have more than a single shot to get the experience right with these consumers or is it just as likely somebody's going to hop to, to the next one or, you know, what's, wh what should these, what should these retailers be thinking? Sure. So I think, I, I, I think one with the amount of options that consumers have now, you know, newer brands or first bite of the apple, right? You've got to deliver on that experience the first time, right? Which is yeah. personalized, seamless end to end, transparent across the entire supply chain. It's funny, I was looking at some statistics the other day around shipping optionality, Greg, and we saw that 67% of the consumers are checking their delivery tracking every day. Wow. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so they, they want that end-to-end -end experience. And then, oh, by the way, you better have seamless returns on the back end of that. Um, if, if, so, so I think with the optionality that 
you know, newer brands here, you get one bite of that apple. It's it that that commerce logistics experience has got to be flawless. Um, and look, we've seen Walmart seen the importance of this delivery experience with this third party marketplace, and they've rolled out that pro seller badge, right? Similar to that Prime badge on Amazon, and that certainly influences consumer behavior and conversion rates. So, and those things are not easy to get. Like you have to meet pretty stringent inventory requirements and delivery requirements and fulfillment requirements. And, and there's a lot that goes into that, but you do that because it drives conversion. I think, you know, two last things there. I think the other opportunity is like, it's just exposure, right? For new brands. I mean, when a trusted retailer like Macy's wants to have a, an endless aisle, and they want to diversify their their product catalog by adding more third party sellers. I think lesser known brands have an opportunity there to get in front of Macy's shoppers and leverage on the trust that Macy's has already been already established with their 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 consumers. So I think it's a it's just a great place for smaller emerging brands to get involved with endless aisles of trusted brands. And then I think for the trusted brands themselves that have a large audience, it's it's the opportunity to have an endless aisle and and drive more conversions because you paid for that traffic anyway. You know, you've already got them in your ecosystem. It's it's time to convert and and, and drive an outcome there that 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 is going to generate revenue for everyone. So I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. I love to see it, right? I, that's why I talk about it being the new marketing muscle. But I think I think that uh, and you got companies out there that are making that happen much easier than what it would have been to do that five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then so then, you know, after let's say that that first experience is great and they they hit all the right the hit all the right notes and so on and so forth, how does how do these brands create loyalty that, you know, cuz somebody's yeah. somebody's switching or they're trying something new, you know, how how can brands try to create that loyalty even if, you know, there is this optionality and and there is there's not going to be less choices probably on the horizon, but you know, what, what do brands do to, to create loyalty once they get a happy customer? Well, certainly that delivery experience is, is really important. We talked a little bit about certainty and transparency and optionality and any of the ability to do buy online, pick up in store, right? Curbside yeah. pickup, ship from store, a green sustainable solution. I mean, I, I looked at some statistics recently that said like, 58% of the consumers said, if you don't have a green option, you're not in the consideration set. And there's certainly a, an audience that that's really important for above others. So I think optionality is critical there, part of that delivery experience. I think what's really exciting is that like with new AI technology, it's enabling brands to predict when a package is at risk of being delivered late so that you can actually reach out to the consumer and let them know. So... Yeah. Think about customer segmentation. You're a first-time customer, Gray. You've never done business with me before. Or maybe you bought from me two years ago and we're now seeing you again. So you're reactivated. I probably want to treat you with some white glove treatment. And yeah. if I'm using a product like we have one here at Where to Go called Commerce View that is going to tell you if a package is going to be distressed or delayed, would I want to get on the front foot and send you an email and say, hey, Greg, I'm really sorry that package isn't going to be there tomorrow to make amends for that, maybe here's a coupon for your next purchase, or I do something to remediate that. But the data just shows if, if I tell you it's going to be late and I'm on the front foot on that, it's going to drive a better outcome. You may not like it, but you're not sitting around waiting for it. And with people working from home more and more now, scheduling that delivery date is really important. Because I don't know, you know what your schedule looks like, but I know a lot of people work from home two, three days a week. 
Those are the right. two to three days they want the deliveries at their house, right? For a variety of reasons. Yeah. So optionality, consistency, scheduling it. And then I think is the last part I just cover is just, you know, driving loyalty with marketplace sales. It's, you know, retaining customer data when at all possible is really important, right? That way you can market to these consumers. You can, you can drive them back to your direct channel and own that relationship. Because the other interesting statistic was 63% of the consumers would rather purchase directly from a brand's e-commerce store if price and shipping options are compatible to the marketplace listings. So you got an opportunity there to convert, right? You just, you got to have the data and the ability to do that. Yeah, and to, to follow on to, to the stat that you just you just mentioned. So, you know, the, it does mean that there's there's a huge opportunity for for brands here. If, you know, if consumers are perfectly willing to to purchase directly, you know, what is what does this mean for the for the brands out there? Like what how, how do they seize this opportunity then? Yeah, so I think, you know, one, I think let's recognize this commerce landscape is really complex. Right? There's no um it's a complex landscape with fulfillment and logistics and conversion and commerce. So these things all need to be fully connected. This, this end-to-end supply chain around your commerce to support these initiatives is critical. They, I, I, I don't think you can ever talk about these things in separate buckets. They are, they are connected at the hip, right? Because good commerce with bad supply chain is ultimately bad commerce uh, because you're not going right. to get another opportunity. I think... So that's really important to understand they're connected critically. And then I think having, be able to make strategic partnerships that prioritize this flexible resilience, right? You got winners and losers in this roller coaster of demand, you know, during and after COVID lockdowns. I think those that were able to scale up or down depending on demand are the ones that came out on top, right? If you had flexible resiliency in your supply chain and your commerce, you, you were able to navigate those those choppy waters just like we're navigating economic choppy waters right now and i think the brands the, they just need to have the flexibility to quickly pivot when marketplace requirements change or or when demand shifts so having the ability to do that within not only your commerce landscape which we're all used to turning on turning off keywords ad buys things like that it's very flexible you need to have that level of flexibility within your supply chain to map the flexibility that you're going to have in your commerce ecosystem. And I think that's that, you know, that's kind of like where I would say that brands can do to compete and pull ahead in this environment is the ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think another component of, you know, it could be the the optionality, it could just be, you know, catering to the to the customers is being on all the channels that customers are on, right? So, you know, the the this multi-channel commerce presence and, and experience. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, just the importance of this and, you know, how can, how can brands um, do this that, you know, may not have the reach of, uh, you know, of some of the largest retailers? Sure. So I think like big picture, right? If I was summarizing three big picture of moments, right? Marketplaces are, are the new marketing muscle for merchants. So you can't ignore the search engine, product discovery, content generating power that exists for businesses like that. You got to consider end-to-end customer experiences across the marketplace so that you can stand out from your competitors. And that is end-to-end. And then I think lastly, you know, marketplace results can be maximized through things like strategic inventory management, 
we talked about, you know, holding SKUs for your website versus a marketplace, ring fencing that inventory and staying on top of those complex requirements that come with working in multiple marketplaces and then leveraging that data to be able to do direct bites of the apple. You certainly have firms out there that make it easier for you to do that. So on the logistics side, certainly companies like mine here are where to go. But on the marketing side, you know, whether it's a company like Miracle or a marketplacer that allow you to be able to opt in for multiple marketplaces with one simple technology integration, allow you to do this test and try at some scale. And then on the flip side of that, if you're a merchant and you have a ton of traffic and you want to offer an endless aisle, the nice thing about clients, uh, companies like those two companies is they already have an arsenal of merchants that want to be in that marketplace and have been vetted. And then you just have to make the decisions on which ones you want to work with, right? Because you may not want to work with all of them. So right. technology is enabling us, Greg, to be able to do this at a much easier pace and, and, and a lighter lift than it would have been, you know, five, six years ago. Cause then we would have had to go out and build all those relationships individually, negotiate them all one off, build the technology integrations. It, that's why it was reserved for the largest players. Now, because it's pretty portable, you see more and more organizations having the ability to participate in that either as a merchant on the listing side or the retailer that wants to monetize more of their traffic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, thanks so much for joining the show. One last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great ideas and insights already, but you know, if you had one piece of advice here for brands that, uh, you know, something they can do to take a next step towards being more competitive in this e-commerce environment, what, what would you tell them? Oh, geez. One thing. Oh. <laughs> Maybe two. So, you know. yeah. yeah, no, well, one, I, I kind of talked about it. Like you, you can't, you cannot separate your commerce activities from your supply chain activities. And I see too many silos out there. So like if you're a brand and you're a chief marketing officer, your chief supply chain officer should probably be one of your best friends. And, and, hmm. and at the same time, exposing that, that inventory and supply chain data to your agencies who are acting on your behalf, you know, to drive conversion metrics and your agencies or your partners being able to see What's happening within your, your, your supply chain ecosystem is critical for them to operate the best on your, I mean, I just saw last week, I saw a merchant that had a lot of inventory staged in Las Vegas and more than they really needed to. And their agency was each actually able to run a, they just mapped out what's within a one day ground transit point in Las Vegas. And they offered everyone there free shipping for overnight delivery on geofenced inventory that was within a one day ground delivery point. And if your agency doesn't have access to that, they're never going to be able to act on that for you. So I think just thinking about these as one ecosystem and they're working jointly to drive an outstanding consumer experience is really critical to differentiate, compete and win in this, this complex landscape of today's commerce, right? This connected consumer is connected. So yeah. You, you need you need to meet them where they want to be met with options and certainty and speed. And I think, you know, that that would be where I would leave it. Yeah, wonderful. Love it. Well, again, I'd like to thank Steve Denton, CEO at where to go a UPS company for joining the show. You can learn more about Steve and where to go by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. 
If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.